0: Welcome to the Freedom Formula Podcast with your host, Marjean. The Freedom Formula simplifies real estate investing so that anyone can learn about how to gain time and financial freedom through real estate. Each week, you will find helpful tips and tricks and strategies from the top producers in the real estate investing industry. Let's get started with the Freedom Formula Podcast. Welcome to the Freedom Formula. I am your host, Marjean. Today, I'm here with Caleb Bryant. I'm so excited to interview Caleb. He actually began his real estate career in 2014. I've known him through a few different education groups that we have been through, and he is just a wonderful person, a wonderful investor, and a great businessman. So I'm so excited. Welcome, Caleb. Thank you for being here today.
1: Pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Of course, man. I've been looking forward to having you on.
1: Yeah. I'm excited. Let's do this.
0: Yeah. All right. So tell me a little bit about your business and how you got started, you know, what you guys are buying now. Let's talk about the in now moment.
1: So, uh, real estate in general, like you said, I started, uh, I'm going to say that I started becoming interested in it in 2014. So I started studying, uh, I was around people that invested in real estate and I thought the logical first step was to get a license in Virginia. And, uh, quickly realized that I'm not a retail guy, like I, my my mind is wired to invest. So uh, a couple of years went by with me just learning from people doing deals around me. And then finally, uh, about three years ago, I jumped into my first deal. So uh, as far as the second part of that question, where what we're looking for, I, I have two real estate businesses. And uh, one of those is more geared towards single family uh, real estate solutions. And then the other is uh, a multifamily business. And um, as far as the multifamily business is concerned, we're looking to scale up what we hold right now. Uh, I personally hold uh, in a controlling form 170 ish units. And uh, we're looking to more than double that in the next couple months.
0: I love it. I actually have a similar background in the sense that when we first started with the real estate, I went and got licensed as well and uh, realized that I'm not a retail girl either. I have a great respect for those retail realtors. Um, It's just not something that I was really looking forward to do. So my mind works better as an investor as well. And maybe that's why we get along so well, Caleb.
1: (laughs) That might be it.
0: (laughs) So tell me about moving, I'm assuming you started in that single family space since you have that single family business. How was the challenge moving from that single family space into the multifamily space?
1: Well, funny enough, my very first deal was 192 units. So I actually am different than most people. I, I started in multifamily as a passive investor and, and then went into multifamily as an active investor and then went back to single family. Um, and the reason I did it, the reason I went back is because I wanted to have another source of income uh, from something else that was paying my bills instead of, uh, because I wanted my multifamily money to uh, be legacy wealth. So it just keeps growing and growing, put 100% of the money back into the business, um, but you still got to live. So uh, that's, that's when I started working on single family deals as well.
0: I love it. I did not know that. That is a very different approach than what most people take. That shows yeah. a lot of mental fortitude and some tenacity in there. I love it.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm, I rarely take the, the most normal path.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like a true investor. <laughs> That's awesome. So how did you get educated in this new space? I mean, you're talking multifamily. We're talking multi million dollars in, in real estate here. You know, where did you get educated? How, what was your journey like?
1: Well, I think for some people, uh, when you start out, the reason they start in single family is because they're not used to bigger deals happening or they don't see how it can happen. Uh, But like I said, I got my license first. And one of my first clients was someone who needed to place a large amount of capital uh, due to a 1033 exchange, which is simply uh, the government uh, eminent domain, his property. So basically forced him to sell it. And uh, it's similar to a 1031. You can uh, exchange it and uh, not have to pay any taxes on the gains there. So that was my first client, a multi-million dollar deal. uh, And I wasn't scared of big things uh, because of that, I guess. And uh, the reason I picked multifamily was actually I read Ken McElroy's book, The ABCs of Real Estate. And um, that showed me a lot of the benefits of multifamily Specifically, like uh, forced depreciation, cash flow, um, different financing that you can leverage, uh, the the depreciation. There's a lot of of benefits in uh, picking multifamily uh, for those reasons.
0: Absolutely. That's one of the reasons we got into multifamily is to take advantage of a lot of those different things that he talks about in that book. So I know there's a lot of new investors that listen to this podcast and I'm sure they're all wondering, especially from somebody who's been successful at this, how did you find your first couple of deals and more like what advice would you give somebody who's looking into their first couple of deals?
1: Well, it, it all started, it all came down in networking really. So the, at the beginning I didn't necessarily know what I needed to do. So I started going to, uh, these conferences and things where people who want to invest in multifamily real estate go. And as I went there, I was meeting people. I met operators of, of uh, deals. So like syndicators, I met uh, other investors that were doing it on their own. And I met um, people who had invested passively and just, just lots of different types of people, uh, mortgage brokers. And because I met all these people that led me to uh, my first passive deal, And uh, learning through the, I got a lot of good learning experiences in that deal. But when it came to finding uh, the first active deal, it it all came back to networking as well because I had the experience of going to all these places and talking to people. Um, I I was able to talk, you know, use the lingo, and I'm familiar talking with brokers and things like that. Uh, So when the right opportunity came up. I was aware. And, and that's that's really, that's really the key because uh, the opportunities are everywhere. You just don't necessarily see them or you're not looking for them. Um, but because I was around the right people, I was able to identify it when it did come through.
0: Boy, that's right. Um, I heard a quote one time that a very successful person for the life of me, it's escaping me who that is right now. But all they really said was, look, The opportunity is the thing you have to jump on, and it's in order to jump on that, you have to have the preparation. So you're kind of the perfect example of that, of prepare for that opportunity and then jump when it comes. I love it. I want to ask you specifically about your particular deals, because I know that you take them down just a little bit differently now than what a lot of people are doing in the market. So can you kind of give us maybe a a brief snapshot of, of how you take down a multifamily? how you set up the financing, you know, are you guys doing syndications? Um, and obviously we don't want to get too much into details, but I'm very interested to get kind of a snapshot.
1: Okay. Um, so I'll try not to get too into details, <laughs> but uh, as far as the way we set them up. So we, we uh, tackle the deals through joint venture partnership. And uh, it's, it's me. Um, I have two partners in Birmingham, Alabama that I work with. And then uh, we typically bring in uh, one other investor uh, from the area as well, the Birmingham area that is. And uh, so we tackle these deals through a joint venture agreement and we're all active investors. And as far as financing, and this is where it gets a little uh, creative, I guess, We, we usually pick these properties up using private money. And that is definitely different than most people I know doing deals. I know other people do it, but uh, most syndicators are, are going in with traditional bridge financing or uh, trying to get in with agency debt, debt uh, as early as possible. Uh, we, we like to get the opportunities that won't qualify for um, the agency debt and then we can get them quickly uh, through our, our private money financing sources.
0: That's very, very creative. It's a much different approach. So thank you for sharing that with me. I know we've kind of talked briefly about that in the past, but I just wanted to share that with the listeners of the biggest point we're trying to drive home here, guys, is there's always two ways to skin a cat. And if one way is maybe not working for you or or like in your case, Caleb, you guys are looking for things that wouldn't necessarily qualify for those traditional methods of financing. So if you're a person that can't qualify on their own or or you're looking at those kinds of similar properties, here's another way for you to think about things. And I'm sure Caleb, that people can reach out to you to ask me more questions about that, which we're gonna share Caleb's information a little bit later here in the podcast. Yeah, sure thing. Awesome, so what are some common mistakes that you see people make, especially after five years of experience um, in our industry, that's quite a lot of experience, and I'm just wondering what common things that you see.
1: Yeah. Okay. This, this one's pretty easy for me. Um, in the multifamily industry, at least I see people trying to bend numbers and make them work. Mm, yeah. um, and you can't do that uh, and, and in an, our model, like if we do that, it, it ruins the whole thing. So when we go in with the private money, we go in knowing that we're going to refinance at a certain time period. And uh, if we don't buy at 65% of the the current market value, then it doesn't work. So I I see people maybe uh, bending numbers or sugarcoating uh, operating agreements or excuse me, operating uh, goodness, offering memorandums. There we go. Uh, And it's, you just want to be careful of that. So uh, don't don't let the the hype of a deal make you make a bad decision. And one way you can avoid making a bad decision like that is just teaming up with someone with lots of experience.
0: That's very true. Honestly, that's uh, and there's lots of people out there that are are looking to team up with people. I've seen the same thing happen as well, and it always just kind of makes me sad because I've seen people fail once they really get into it. Um, you know, the best thing that you can possibly do is if the numbers work, the numbers work. And if they don't, don't get emotionally attached, walk away.
1: It's Absolutely. really that
0: simple. Yeah. Yep. So that being said, what is a mistake that you've made in the past and how did you overcome it?
1: Oh man. So, <laughs> I mean, m- most of the, most of the mistakes we've made have been like ticky tacky little things. And so I don't have like a, a blaring mo a glaring moment uh, like that and, but the reason is because when I started the 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 one thing I decided from the beginning was I was going to partner with people that were better than me and I, I've done that in the single family business with my partners there they're they're excellent and then I've done the same thing with uh, my multifamily partners so uh, potential mistakes you run into would be picking the wrong partner um, but I, I I don't think I've made them a mistake that was- like scary uh it's it's always been little things
0: that's good well, you know you're a smart guy, and this is a true testament to taking your time and really getting educated and spending the time networking and really getting to know some of your partners, so your approach to it I think is what's kind of saved you honestly
1: yeah, I mean like we've had deals uh more in the single family business, but where we didn't make what we thought we were gonna make because we overlooked like some sort of issue. Um, But because we stuck to the numbers from the beginning and because I was teamed up with somebody with a lot of experience, um, we really didn't make off that bad. We just didn't hit projections and uh, things like that are gonna happen in, in investing. But if you can minimize the big mistakes by, by partnering with people that are really good at what they do, uh, you're going to make it farther in the game.
0: Very, very true. And, and we always kind of say in the multifamily game, you know, this is a team sport. And so the people that come in that understand that, like Caleb, are very successful. Um, the people that think that they need to do everything on their own, you know, sometimes they might have a little bit of success, but they never are able to go as far as the people who are willing to work together.
1: Yep, you're absolutely right. Mm-hmm.
0: So, okay, let's get away from mistakes and let's go back onto the positive note here.
1: <laughs> so it's
0: good. tell me about the most interesting experience that you've had in real estate.
1: Oh, wow. Uh, most interesting experience. Uh,
0: we like hard questions on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: um, I Well, I mean, obviously I try to keep it as not interesting as possible but uh we i mean as far as we had a fire during due diligence that's happened uh i I wouldn't say that was i wouldn't say that was interesting it was uh yeah it wasn't really fun but uh we we made it through uh as far as the fire itself from a damage standpoint it's like uh we just negotiated uh us receiving the insurance settlement and Honestly, as far as turning the units, it, it bumped our projections up because we could raise them immediately to market rent. Uh, but yeah, that, that's the, probably the most, quote, interesting thing that's happened while, we, uh, while we've been investing in real estate.
0: That is interesting. We actually just went through that ourselves. And, um, I think the word interesting is one of the great ones to describe that because it kind of changes things a little bit, but it can very much work in your favor if you're able to negotiate. And if you have, um, a willing and and ethical and moral seller, it sounds like it, it turned out well for you then.
1: Yeah, it, it, it didn't turn out too bad. And, uh, it, it funny enough, the the property already had two burn units before we got in on a contract. Uh, and then we added a couple more. So, <laughs> yep, it's, it's, that's just the way it goes sometimes.
0: You know, it smells like money to me. <laughs> uh, it's That's just real estate. It Things happen. That's why you have really good insurance. That's why you have open and honest communication, especially with your sellers. And you just kind of keep moving forward. And again, as long as the numbers work. The numbers work. You can't be afraid of hard work in this industry. Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no. So that being said, okay, what is your greatest accomplishment in real estate?
1: Oh, in real estate? Uh, I I really think it's my teams. Uh, The relationships I've I've built with uh, amazing people Uh, because without them, I really wouldn't be very far at all. Um, So I I would say relationships and just – uh, the, the way I go about building relationships maybe, uh, is probably my, my greatest, uh, achievement.
0: So why don't you expand a little bit on that? Cause I'm sure all the listeners got curious on, on how you're establishing those relationships. You know, most of my listeners are actually entrepreneurs, business owners that are continually looking to network and, and build those relationships. So, Let's talk a little bit more about that and how you've been successful with that. What's your systematic approach?
1: Well, it's, I look for people that have a similar mindset and I'm not saying, um, necessarily in, in, um, like the way they conduct business, but more so in life. So like when I first met my multifamily partners, they, uh, they both were very, uh, pe- there were people that were driven by the book, uh, Think and Grow Rich. So, like, uh, I I mentioned the title of the book, and his eyes lit up, and uh, I-, I knew I was like, oh, okay, let's let's see where this conversation goes. And then, like, uh, my other multifamily business partner has the the burn the ships tattoo, also uh, mentioned in that book. So um, it-, it starts with things like that. I I, I pay attention to how they my partners treat people before I work with them. And that's, that, that's not just the partner's thing. That's just a people thing. So whether it be uh, brokers, are you going to trust a broker that uh, treats people poorly? Uh, especially when it's, it's quote, regular people, like uh, the person at the fast food restaurant or the person walking on the sidewalk. Uh, I pay attention to stuff like that. And then uh, a similar situation with my single family business partner, we, uh, he was helping me work on a deal before we were partners as like a wholesaler and uh, we had to go on some long car rides uh, to get to this property and we, we talked mindset and what goals were, what goals we had and things like that. And um, he was one of those people in, in uh, all of the people I work with are, but one of those people you almost trust instantly because uh, you can, you can feel that they're genuine So uh, that's the type of people I like to work with.
0: Thank you for sharing that. Uh, My biggest takeaway from that was mindset, which I want to expand more on. You know, I don't know if you want to dive a little bit more into your background and and your story here. Feel free to share as much or as little as as you're willing to. But I really love your mindset. And I know you've come a long way to establish that mindset. So can you kind of talk a little bit about the challenges that you've overcome in your personal life and, and how that shaped you and shaped your mindset to be able to do all the things that you're doing?
1: Yeah, sure thing. So um, I have not always been a mindset orient, oriented person. In fact, I kind of had a very negative outlook for a long time and uh, I had a family tragedy that kind of uh, added to that. So uh I was in a home explosion and it killed six brothers and sisters of mine. And when that happened, uh, I kind of felt like there wasn't hope. So uh, for a long time, uh, quite a few years, I lived in that mentality, just kind of stumbling through life. And then actually the Thinking Grow Rich is the book that made me think about this, like, whoa, I'm in control um, I'm in control of what I'm thinking and I need to tell myself that this is not okay. So I started shifting my mindset. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not depressed. I, there's a reason for this. I need to be growing. Uh, and once I figured, once I felt that feeling of control over my mindset and where I was going, uh, things immediately began to shift. And so, uh, Ever since then, I've been very focused on, you, you know, positive self, self-talk, uh, making sure you're not beating yourself up all the time. Uh, and, and it's really just about being aware because a lot of times people don't realize they're beating themselves up. Uh, but if you pay attention, uh, you, can, you can change the words you're saying to yourself about yourself. You can change the story you're telling about yourself and you can create a better one.
0: 1000% true. I I have a good book that that reader should read. And I don't know if you've read it yet, Caleb. It's called Can't Hurt Me from David that was Goggins.
1: That an amazing book.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm in the middle of that book. And you know, it inspired me to run a marathon because I'm going, man, what story am I telling myself? And I think it's the the single most important thing in business and in life is what is the story that you're telling yourself? You know, you could have gotten really, really down the rabbit hole and wrapped up in, in the poor me victim story with a home explosion. I mean, oh my gosh, you know, but look how far you've come from that. And it really does come to your mind over matter, you know? So good for you, man. I appreciate you sharing your story. That's, that's very vulnerable of you. And, and I'm sure that somewhere out there, someone really needed to hear that. So thank you.
1: Well, thanks for letting me share it, and I think that book uh, inspires everybody to run. Because I, I did a personal best after finishing that book uh, as far as distance. It was like a little over twenty-one miles, uh, which is a lot for me. So
0: <laughs> that's fantastic. Well, gosh, after you hear his story, you know he's running with broken tail or uh, broken uh, um, toenails and and yeah. broken feet, and he's literally excreting all bodily fluids with no control out of his body as he's trying to run a hundred mile 24-hour marathon i mean if you don't get inspired after that book there's something seriously wrong
1: <laughs> yeah so yeah that got me pumped
0: <laughs> yes yes i'm so glad to hear that that is awesome so let's talk about, let's kind of circle back into real estate here um i know that you're moving really well in your career what are your next steps in, in your career and your life like where are you headed
1: So the other day, I actually started writing like a three-year and five-year, well, I haven't got to the five-year yet uh, as far as really getting detailed, but the three-year plan, I started getting pretty detailed. And uh, I'd really love to, uh, for my single-family business, I want it to be uh, completely automated or completely uh, delegated, fully systematized. And basically, my roles in that company will be to uh, check a spreadsheet daily, and that's it. And then, as far as the multifamily uh, business, I would love to have 2,500 units in a three-year time period that uh, that uh, me and my partners control. And uh, from there, that creates um, that creates a lot of freedom as far as what you can actually be doing. So, I want to take. Uh, trips with my wife uh, to places she wants to, to experience. And then I, I would love to eventually uh, talk in front of people and tr- try to help inspire other people uh, to get better, uh, to t- tell better stories about themselves to maybe invest in real estate, depending on uh, what type of conference or event it would be. But uh, that's, that's where I'm shooting for in that time frame.
0: I know you'll get there and I will be in the front row when you're speaking cheering you on man. Cause I love your story. And, and I just, I just think you're a great guy. You know, most people don't know how much you've helped us in, in our business with all the networking that you do and connecting us with like-minded people. So, you know, I would like to publicly thank you for all the help that you've given us and in return, anything that you need, you know, we're always here to support you for sure.
1: That means a lot. And just, just for everyone that's listening, uh, we both, uh, you and I, that is have a similar mindset of abundance. So, uh, we're, we're always trying to help people, um, whether it be real estate or even mindset. So that's just the way I, and I knew that about you after meeting you in, in Phoenix. Uh, I could, I could tell. So I love that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's been a great friendship. And when people call me and say, Oh, Caleb told me to call you. I'm like, Oh, I already know you're a good person. (laughs) (laughs) If Caleb sent you, you must be good. And, and every single one has been so very much appreciate that. So I'm we always end with the same question and then we'll share your information with the listeners. But this, this particular podcast is called the freedom formula, how to create time and financial freedom. So what are you working towards? to gain 100% time and financial freedom?
1: So that goes back to systems. I have the businesses and if you read the E-Myth, you know that you can't just work in your business, you need to work on, or excuse me, yeah, you can't just work in your business, you need to work on your business, that way you can completely uh, take yourself away from the business and it still operates. So uh, me and my single family business partner have been working very hard on systems and ways to replace ourselves and then in the, the multifamily business, I'm doing the same thing. But uh, uh, the thing about the multifamily business is a lot of the stuff I do, uh, I'm going to be doing anyway. So <laughs> it's, uh, it, it's a little bit easier to replace myself there um, simply because I'm not going to stop. So um, systematizing would be the, the best answer.
0: That is the best answer. Honestly, that's a great answer. And you are 100% correct. And I've seen a lot of entrepreneurs get really excited about starting a business. And a year later they realize, Hey, I didn't start a business. I started a job. Yep. Um, If you're the only one in your business and you're doing everything from bookkeeping to the actual business to advertising to everything, if you feel like you're drowning, you know, heed this advice and definitely get a system in place and and start uh, replacing those positions with other people. You know, Caleb, you really hit the nail on the head there. So thank you for sharing that. I'm so glad that you joined us today. Thank you so much. And, and if people want to get in touch with you, can you go ahead and share your information?
1: Yeah, sure thing. So the probably the easiest way to get a hold of me would be on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash relentlesscaleb Caleb. Uh, Instagram is probably the second best, and that's at Relentless Investor. And then finally, if you really need to email me, feel free at Caleb at relentlesscapitalgroup.com.
0: Perfect. And and that information will be posted in the show notes as well. Caleb, thank you so much again. This was a great, great conversation. I truly enjoyed it. And I can't wait to have you back a second time here soon.
1: Hey, the pleasure is mine. Thank you so much.
0: No problem. Thank you listeners for tuning in. We'll talk to you soon.